you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Okay, I'm going to have a real honest conversation with you right now. I am in rare mode, and it's because I am super de-duper bothered. The older that I get, the wiser that I become, the more uncomfortable I am with being uncomfortable. Now, that is not to be mistaken if God is trying to show me something, if there's some type of lesson in it, but I am not okay with feeling like I'm being shackled in some area of my life due to someone else. If I made a decision and I erred, and that's just the repercussions of my decision, I can eat that. If I feel like God is really trying to show me something in an area, I can kind of be okay with being uncomfortable for as long as God would will. But, I, you know, sometimes I do tap into my inner Yosemite and I'm like, hey, uh, if this cup can be taken from me kind of thing. But recently, I've had a trail of events happen that I'm just like, ooh, that I haven't been able to shake off as easy as I would have probably a couple of years ago. I don't know how I would have handled it a couple of years ago. But as of now, it's just like, you know what? I am sitting in this seat of my life that just does not have any room for anyone or anything that tries to contaminate my peace. I do not have the tolerance anymore for anything that looks like it is trying to minimize or have me maximize in smallness. I really despise the fact that my skin complexion, my gender, my height, it always kind of seems to be, for some part, some people's playground for, hmm, let me see how far I can push my limits. So I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. And it's weird because for the most part, it only really happens in the, in the workplace. And it's like, I don't know why I got to keep checking y'all, but this is getting kind of ridiculous. In one day, I literally had someone say to me, and you would think like, you know, how old are we? As I was walking down the hall, and if you don't know, she is really, 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 really Goliatha. Listen, I, I'm 5'9", but I like to wear my heels and my everything else is. So I'm a smooth six feet on any given day. You understand? Flash is just not my thing. You understand that, you know, my feet size is a Shaquille O'Neal, you know, the Shaq 100s, as I like to call them. And I just don't like the, the lower flat thing because it puts me in a misdoubt fire kind of sense. Listen, that's just what I feel. And so let me just have what I'm having. But I'm walking and then someone shorter than me says... How often do you get tall jokes? And so I looked at her because, A, wow, we don't know each other over 30 days. I'm new to this establishment, okay? That's one. Two, why do you feel comfortable just coming up to me and asking me something that if we were in high school or some type of elementary grade, it would be considered bullying? And so I looked at her and I was like, people don't even, if they do have tall jokes, as you're saying, they probably keep it in their head. And so she laughed it off and kept it walking. And the first thing that I thought was, what made you so comfortable to even want to just ask that question? It just was weird to me. You understand? It was like, A, how do you know that that was something that I may not have been struggling with? How did you know that you can just come up to me and talk to me about something like that? But more importantly, what if I would have turned around and said, not too sure, how many fat jokes do you get a day? Oh, then it's a problem. 
which has always been my thing. It's hilarious to me that people poke fun at someone being tall, someone being slender, someone being, you know, something that doesn't look like society was frowned on it. But if you were to say, you know, you're fat, you're short as a man, you know, something to that degree, then it would be a little bit, you know, humiliating at that point, right? So you can't be comfortable thinking that you can just talk about someone's body shape in any capacity and think that it's okay. So that was step one. I was like, mm, or strike one rather. Then I'm sitting in my office and you know, she's very, 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 very natural haired. <laughs> this time I had just went ahead and said, you know what? She going to go ahead and just do her. Listen, got, got my fist in the air. She going to wear her Afro. You understand? And had someone come by my office and looked at me and said, huh, have you ever heard of the, um, the crown clause or the crown act? I even forgot how she placed it, but it definitely was the word crown. And so I was like, no, not familiar. She was like, oh, okay. And so she kind of like said to someone else, like, you should look that up too. Um, did you hear about that? And so I'm just looking at her like, oh, okay, well, what is it? She's like, yeah, you should look it up. Ma'am, am I about to shuck and jive for you? Have a nice day. What is it that you're trying to say? And so she was like, well, legislation had put something out um, that you, you know, you couldn't wear your hair like that. Huh. Okay. So she left shortly after and that kind of weighed on me a little bit. Again, that reoccurring sentence in my head, what made you so comfortable that you just thought on the first time meeting me, hey, let me just point out something real quick that's controversial and let's talk about it. Why is that cool to you? And so I'm like, okay, cool. Went ahead and uh, literally same day. I could not make this up if I wanted to. Closer to my lunch break, I get in contact with someone about possibly seeing a dog, a puppy. I'm like, hey, you know, can I come by and see? She's like, sure. She gives me her address. We work out a day and time, this, that, and the third. She's like, okay. Been having a little bit of a back and forth phone call with her only to establish a time and a day that worked for both of us. So nothing that we knew each other or had any kind of background. Just want to make sure you had that backdrop information. So I call her back and I'm like, okay, when we established a time and the day, cool. Um, she was like, what's your name? And so I told her my name and she was like, that's an unusual name. Oh, I've never heard of a name like that. I said, it actually means grace. But yeah, and she would, wouldn't even let me get the rest of my sentence out because she had to repeat. I have never heard of a name like that. Now, let me explain something to you. Vulnerable moment. My name has always been some type of a, like a, ah, a little bit of a sore, right? Because my name, I was going to say, how do I want to do this? That's why I pause. My name is Shawana. S-H-A-W-A-N-A. I carry myself with the honor of who I am. But it, I didn't know until I was in high school that my name was considered, quote unquote, ghetto. That is because I never lived in the ghetto. So when I went to school with people who were coming from different cities and all of that in New York, I was walking down the hall one day and this girl said, what's up, Shawana? And I was like, why are you saying my name like that? And she was like, because your name is mad ghetto. I said, my name is ghetto? She's like, yes, Shawana, Shaniqua, Shaquana. And she started going through all the shahs. And for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, my gosh. I have an ugly name. 
And so it took me some time because then life started to play with that narrative. You remember me telling you that whenever life exposes that you have a sore spot, it will continue to touch it until you heal in that area. And so I went on to get a job and I got a job in the city in Manhattan in New York, which is the, you know, you should know what Manhattan is. It's the city, it's the Times Square, it's all of that. It's happening, it's happening. And I had someone tell me, the office manager, she was like, hey, um, when you put on your resume, maybe you should just put S dot and then your middle name as your first full name. Again, playing into the narrative of ugh, your name. Then it was, hey, maybe you should wear your hair down. Maybe you shouldn't wear that name chain because I had the super de duper dookie, you know, X and O chain from my sweet 16 that said my name. And so then life continued to play to that where I was just like, oh, my gosh, I actually Googled my first name and I was seeing mug shots of women who looked a little rough, whose wife, you know, life looked a little rough. But I didn't see anything elegant. I didn't see, you know, I was just like, oh, my gosh. So I remember going to my mother before her passing and I was like, why did you name me that? And she was like, well. Your aunt kind of named you. So I went to my aunt. I'm like, why did you name me that? She was like, I think it's pretty. And so my mother told me, you make your name. You make your name beautiful. And it never really, if I'm honest with you, it never really healed until mm, probably late 20s, early 30s. I had people like, you know, did you ever think about changing your first name? You know, if I didn't like my first name, I would change it. And, you know, they probably looking at your name and just on a resume and just going ahead and just throwing it out and all these different things. And so I was just like, I just felt compelled by God. Like, do you really think that I am so powerless that your name, I will let your name ruin you? And you can only allow something to ruin you. It don't matter how anybody else looks at anything else. And so I happened to look on, I think it was Netflix, but there was this woman, I don't know her name off back, but I know that she played in the Orange Orange is Black or Orange is the New Black, whatever that show is. And she has an African name and her name is long and it's a lot of letters and it's enunciations in there that may be difficult for someone who doesn't have her accent or dialect. And I remember her saying almost to the same decree that her mother pretty much went through the same thing with her. And so she says that she absolutely positively corrects people when they try to do something that looks like they're about to chop up her name. And so I was like, you know what? In one sitting, I literally had everything that I took years to heal exposed. But there was none of that really did anything that was like, oh, you know, put a damp on my day. But it's this one area that I'm currently working on as I speak. And I'm just like, God, you have to show me how to heal it because I feel like I keep getting repeated offenses and I don't want to live an offended life. I am working with a person of a higher authority that does not know how to talk to people. And I know right away you like, <laughs> been there, done that. What's her name? Probably, prob listen, probably got a form of her in my association right now. A and I get it. But my thing is this. I hate the fact that 
We have to be muzzled somewhere that we're at a majority of our day. I hate the fact that we have to be muzzled, period, in life. I don't like the feeling of feeling shackled just because of something. I'm not going to be shackled in a relationship just because I want to be married. I'm not going to be shackled to, you know, having kids rule me just because, you know, I want to be the cool mom. I'm not going to be shackled to debt because, you know, I want to I want to live the YOLO and Instagram kind of snapshot life. I'm not going to be shackled anywhere in my life. And so for me, in my posture where I'm at in my life now to go to anybody's establishment, sit in anybody's seat, have any kind of title and have someone talk to me any kind of way is unacceptable on so many different levels. I may not have seniority. I may not have the age. I may not have anything else except that I'm a living human adult black woman and no one is going to be okay with just being okay talking to me crazy. Now, the reason why I brought up the fact that I am black, okay, great, which I don't like saying. I like saying African-American because I'm not a color. And we can go into the, well, you're not really African-American. You, I had someone kind of go back and forth with me. Listen, I'm just going to do whatever's on, you know, the application. I'd rather just not do black. That's just not my thing. But I brought that up because if you're too voiceless or opinionated or stand up for yourself, then you have the potential of looking like an angry black woman. And if you talk too much, what if you lose your job? And what if such and such tries to underhand you and do A, B, and C? And it's like, as a black person, there's so many other things that have to be on your radar that you really like. Do I have to put respect off of the list as well? So got to have a certain kind of posture when I'm talking to police and, and all of that. Have to feel like eh, I'm never going to get as high as I want to get in life because, you know, the, the Caucasian gatekeepers, they're not going to allow that. Have to feel like we probably, you know, if we move in an area, we're probably going to be looked at as you've seen with they literally have an Instagram handle called Karen's with an S gone wild that just has all the different people of Caucasianness, okay, descent, just really exercising their privilege to a way that it's like, where did you think that that was going to fly? I'm sorry. And so where I'm at in life, it's like, God. Jesus did not go and do that gruesome thing, that brave thing that he did on Calvary for me to be nailed to anybody else's cross while I'm living on earth. I refuse. I refuse. Now, that's one thing to talk in wisdom. Well, you know, I, I probably can't go all the way to New York and certain people at the establishment. You feel me? I can't do the like, hey, B, work. On, on on everything you got zero more times like I can't you know I can't dig in as much as I want but I feel like demanding or expecting or even asking for respect should not be such a heavy request in any part of your life especially the job and I am putting out this air now even with my oldest son because I'm just like listen I don't ever want you to put your peace or your respect on the line for somebody's paycheck. I just, I don't. And I know some people probably like, you know what? That's why we need to establish our own. And we need, you know what? There's steps to that. 
And and if that's if God put it on your heart to be an entrepreneur, then God bless you. Go ahead and make that happen too. But we see it in all facets of life. It doesn't matter if you you know, sign a W-4, if you have to fill out a G-4 or whatever it is for that's in your state. It doesn't matter if you just work directly with the IRS and your CPA accountant. It doesn't matter. You're going to experience this somewhere. You're going to have someone probably just go ahead and look at you funny just because, you know, you own this business. You know, they probably ask for the manager and then realize, oh, you're the manager. So you will experience this entrepreneurship or not. My thing is just why do we have to, why is it optional to respect me? And so I was having my quiet time, kind of like, I'm so aware of myself that I know when something's off with me. And it's because nine times out of 10, you know, depending on the time of the month, wink, wink, I can let some stuff kind of like, eh, wash off my back is nothing. But if I feel like, man, I don't have a game plan or a mindset if this situation were to happen again. I keep replaying it in my mind to try to see what's the most comfortable outcome for me. And if you remember the conversation or two I had had with you, I went into, I called my cousin while I was in the midst of like, yo, I'm getting ready to go ham because that was the first time this particular higher up said something slick to me. And my cousin's first statement to me was, how bad do you need this job? And I was like, Tom out. Is that really a question? So when I got home, I said, you know, I, I know where you came from with that, but I'm angry that we even have to factor that in. And her verbiage to me was, you know, we can't just get away with everything. We as in African Americans, we as in women. And I'm like, okay, I'm t- you want to talk about infuriated? <laughs> that that was even a possibility, something else that I had to factor in as well, which I was not oblivious to. But I think those that's one of the things that when you voice it out loud, you're like, ouch. I mean, we all kind of secretly knew it, but to say it out loud, it's like, ooh, that stings a little bit more. And so I literally was like, the only way I'm going to feel better about this is by literally picking up the phone to call you. And I know that in some aspect of your life you're probably struggling with that too because I don't believe we just have isolated events I believe that we come into you know conversation and and dialogue and with people and we're like you too me too and it's a whole thing we just have to be a little bit more brave and exposing and being vulnerable with people like hey I'm struggling with this right now opposed to like yeah I used to and, and I'm over it now I think sometimes probably the biggest blessings is when you can tell someone I'm in this struggle currently like it's currently storming this is not a storm that I see coming toward me and it's not a storm that I've actually overcome I'm currently in the boat right now and so with me I'm struggling with being respected or feeling like what's the fine line between being professional professionally assertive but being you know disrespectful because you know it's a higher up and I'm the new girl and this person is older than me so clearly I'm younger and so you have so many different dynamics there it's professional it's cultural you know I'm not from the south so I guess it's this thing where you're supposed to just bow your head down and yes ma'am and just do all that which I don't do so it's hard for me literally to tuck my tail when I know I'm a doberman pincher like what you feel me 
Why would I want to operate small when I know that God gave me, made me this stature? Why would I do it for you? Do, man, do you know how long it took me to go ahead and be okay with my posture and my build? Spiritually, personality-wise, all of that? You know how long it took me to water these particular seeds and flowers and vegetation in my garden of life? You think I'm going to let somebody else who don't even know me, who couldn't even tell me my favorite color, come across my lawn, stomp on my flowers, and I don't at least say, hey, do you know you just did that? At least bring it to your awareness so that you have the opportunity to either assert yourself on how you're going to walk when it comes to my garden or be a little bit more mindful when you're crossing someone else's. But there's going to be a change because you crossed Shawana. And you know the freedom in that. This is the first time that I've actually said my name on any of our conversations. Isn't that weird? That in some subliminal way I still held on to I don't want to be judged by my name I want you to know me first I don't want to be judged by my skin color I want you to see that I'm that I'm articulate that I'm educated that I I I don't carry this ghetto-ness or whatever that people want to associate with either being my name or being my 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 ethnicity like you understand how tough that is but how freeing it is to actually say, hey, look at my scar. It's still healing. You understand? And so I literally, sometimes I come home and I just talk to my son because I know that, like Ecclesiastes said, there's nothing new under the sun. And I know that my son has my likeness because I created him, you know, with God. We Just like we have God's likeness. So if I can... Give him the lesson without him getting the wound firsthand. I feel like that's great parenting. You understand? And you may not be experiencing that in the professional realm. You may feel like that in your relationship. Where it's like, I'm not going to keep walking on eggshells because you don't know how to have a conversation that just leads to a resolve. You want to have this emotional splat or this silent passive aggressiveness in the home. So it's tension in our relationship. I'm not doing that. So you may feel muzzled in your relationships, your intimate relationships. You may feel like, you know what, that's just such and such. She means well. But why do you keep letting people dump on you just because they mean well? When are you going to start holding people accountable to do well, to do better? I don't want to know that you 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 mean to do anything. I want you to actually start doing it. I can't pass a class when they give me back a failing test and say, oh, but I meant to pass. No, you actually need to start applying some stuff that you learn so that they can see passing grades so that they can pass you to the next level. So if we can't do that anywhere else in our life, why do we let people do that with our personal relationships? Why? You may feel that in another facet of your life. Maybe it's, you know, the roles are changing with your parents. You know, whatever it is, you are always going to come across a time that you're like, why do I feel like I have to you know, make myself smaller in order for this thing to continue to thrive. And you know what? In actuality, is it really thriving if you don't feel your best? Like, if is it really thriving if there's mold on it? Who is it thriving for? Not you. So this conversation was based merely on the fact of, I don't want to be muzzled no more. I don't want to be shackled no more. 
Life already gives you a couple of givens where you're like, there's nothing I can do about that right now. You know, it's nothing I can do about that, 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 and that. Okay, great. But the stuff that you can say, you know what? No, <laughs> I'm... I'm not oper I'm not subscribing in this and operating in this tension and operating in this level of disrespect on any level ever again if I have some control of it. You train people how to treat you. And if people are not passing your training class, then you need to see whether you need to go ahead and drop them from the class or if you need to avoid them altogether. However it needs to go, but an adjustment needs to be made. People need to understand that respect is not optional. Appreciation, unfortunately, that's something that's optional. And, and we have to prolong that. You probably never feel appreciated as a, you know, parent collectively consistently. You'll probably never feel appreciated all the time as a spouse, boyfriend, fiance, girlfriend, whatever. You'll probably never feel appreciated by the person that you look out for the most. Or appreciation is something that if we're completely honest, you do have to say, I mean, what I'm going to do, get upset every time I don't feel appreciated. I mean, it don't have to be all the time, but just as long as somebody's throwing me the bone once in the blue. But you couldn't operate on zero appreciation. That, that's abuse, in my opinion. And I may be exaggerating just on the word abuse, but that is, that's a crime to yourself. That's a crime to your soul to never know, hey, what you're doing, I really benefit from it. And I know that nobody else could do it the way that you do it. And so if never at all, at, out of all these 12 months, and out of all these 365 days, and out of all these 52 weeks, if I just take this one day to say, I appreciate you, even if I have to play this Tupac song, you are appreciated. If I have to do that and let you know this in that way, then I did my job for at least a year. And some of us will grab onto that and squeeze that lemon and make lemonade 50 times over because, wow, that was amazing to hear. So there's going to be other things that you're like, you know, I'm going to have to wait for that. I'm going to have to wait for my, my credit score to get the way it needs to be. I'm going to have to wait till my finances get where it needs to be. I'm going to have to wait to get the title that I really want or to operate in the career path that I really want. And you're going to have to wait on a lot of things. But when it comes to what you stand for, your standards in life for how people treat the beauty of you, the masterpiece that God calls in the Bible, his masterpiece. When it comes to you, you better have a real fragile, clear and assertive uh, outline as to how you want people to treat you. The hilarious thing is that I always see, see people go hard for like their kids or you know, nobody talks to my child like that. Nobody does that to my kid. Or, you know, if somebody did something to my cousin, if somebody did blah, blah, blah. But then when somebody does something to you, you're like, eh. it's like you kind of slow to speak. Now, don't get it twisted. The Bible says be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Because God knows if you don't take the time to just listen to what someone's saying and you speak right off of what you're feeling, you're probably going to grow in anger and do something that's not so wise. So I'm not at all wanting for you to start getting thug life tattoos across your stomach and tying your bandanas a certain way and just playing California love. Like that's not, I don't want you NWA in it. I really don't. But I want you to start checking yourself and holding yourself accountable to do I demand respect? 
do I allow for people just to treat me any kind of way? And do I let disrespect kind of just continue to grow because it's not blatant? Like, really, my challenge to you is start combing through your life and looking like, hmm, do I let such and such at work get away with cold-blooded murder? If they would have did that to my child, would I have let that just like, hey, it's okay, you got to brush it off kind of thing? Or would I want to go ahead and go back to my roots of disrespecting people um, on a by-quarter basis? Look through your life and start seeing, am I operating in smallness just to keep the peace? But the peace is not in you. It's just so that the other person who is actually doing the offending cannot feel uncomfortable. Isn't that oxymoronic? That we will actually walk in smallness just so that the offender doesn't feel offended or uncomfortable? Do you even hear how that sounds coming out my mouth? Oh my gosh, right? I'm squinting my eyes right now like, wait a minute, that sounds ridiculous. But that's what we do. We do that. And sometimes on the most minute scale, and we're like, oh, my gosh. Do you let such and such just say what you want because you in church? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I promise you, my challenge, again, go back and comb through your life. Matter of fact, the way that I know God, you're not even going to have to look back. You're going to have some situations happen within the next week that you like, <laughs> It's like once we had that conversation, my eyes opened and I'm no longer okay with living the muzzled, shackled life. You understand? And so, you know, I really, really, really admire all things Harriet Tubman. And so I'm just trying to like get to the certain fountains of youth in life and be like, listen, I done found some more freedom. Come over here. Let me show you real quick so we can all drink from this well. You see what I'm saying? So you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that you know what the average person is not going to have with you. And if they do, it sounds like venting and you're going to be so preoccupied with helping someone feel better and giving advice that you don't just get a time to sit and reflect and see if any of it applies to you. These are life-provoking conversations, and that's why I love having them with you. In all actuality, my absolute truth, I feel 1,000% better. I literally came in a room, told my husband, I need to make a call real quick, and he was like, cool, and I had to get this off of me. Like, this is literally some of the best therapy ever. Just to kind of feel something, work your way through it, kind of talk it out, hear yourself say it, kind of give examples. And it's like, you know what? Wow. Oh, my goodness. I overcame some stuff, but I'm still in the midst of working on some other stuff. But as I'm growing, I'm not going to allow anyone but God to prune me. No one gets to cut off branches of me for any reason at all. Have a nice day. So. I feel like you got what you needed. I appreciate you answering. I'm so glad you have mobile to mobile. So go ahead because I got one more conversation that if I keep talking, we're going to be on this thing for a whole hour. And I know you got to be hungry because I am. So I'll go ahead and talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> later.